Hey everybody, how's it going? Wasn't that good worship right there? Are, haven't you guys been appreciating our worship team and just our technical team? These guys are amazing. I'm, I'm blown away. Every time I watch this online, I enter into God's presence. It's not a decrease or anything less than what I experienced in church. The Holy Spirit shows up and I'm blessed and I hope you're blessed as well. But I want to make an announcement before I start preaching here today. I got a good message for you, but there's something big that's happening it's happening in our community. It's happening in the state and pretty much the nation. I think even the world is aware of it, but it's a big deal. You guys probably already know uh, about this thing that's coming up. I saw a really good video clip actually about it online this week, and I just wanted to share that with you. So you need to be aware of this thing. Big stuff happening. Check this out. This spring. Only one hero. can save her family and prevent disaster. Mom, we're gonna be late for school. I don't think so. Whoa. Experience the phenomenon that critics are calling inspiring. Mom, I can't find number 17. Come on, Billy, dig deep. A lot of fun. Your genius. Mom, where's my phone? Table. Keys. Mudroom. Dragon Man. Under the couch between the monkey and the flip-flop. How does she do that? Created by God to demonstrate his love with grace, elegance, and poise. Butane torch? Okay, so there was the big event. It's Mother's Day weekend. Happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there. We love you. Thank you for giving birth to us. Like, we wouldn't be here literally if it wasn't for you. But we're just so um, impressed by you. Um, literally, you moms... You're killing it every day, and we know that the task of being a mom right now has gotten crazier than ever because your kids are home all the time now, and you're managing the rest of your lives, and you're running all over the place, taking care of everybody, managing the household. So we just want to say, you guys are amazing. Like, I hope that somebody tells you that this Mother's Day weekend. You are amazing. You're beautiful. You're amazing. You're wonderful. You're incredible, and you're rock stars, and we love you, moms. Happy Mother's Day weekend. Um, I want to talk to you about something today that even has to do with moms. I think now more than ever, moms are allowed to have a bad day every once in a while. Wouldn't you moms agree? Like you need to have a little bit of grace because the job of being a mom is so crazy. And it's not because you can't pull your own weight or you're not up to task. It's just the fact that there's something that creeps up on all of us every once in a while. And it's a big word that I'm talking about here today. And it starts with an A. Can you guess what that word is? No swearing. The word is anxiety. And sometimes even the best moms in the world, they get hit with anxiety. In fact, all of us get hit with anxiety. There's different situations and things going on in all of our lives. Even me, even pastors, like clearly the devil is smart at getting in. He's sneaky. He hits us where it hurts and we don't expect it. This past week, I got fully 
just unexpectedly kind of booby-trapped. I fell for it. I had my guard down. My spiritual defenses were down for some reason. And some stuff just kind of came in and started playing with my mind and issues in my life. And man, it, it took me for a spin. I spiraled a little bit, guys. It's rough and it's real. And what I want to talk about today is, is anxiety. is something we all deal with. But there's actually things in the Bible some, some commands and some tools that we have, some weapons, some, some offensive and defensive things that God gives us to actually fight against anxiety. And so my word for you today is that anxiety fights dirty, so keep your guard up. The title of this message is literally just keep your guard up. I'm hoping that today you'll be encouraged to walk away with some, some tools that'll help you be ready for the next time the world and the enemy throws anxiety at you, that you see it. Anxiety is sneaky, it's dirty, it comes at you, but you're going to keep your guard up. Let's go to the book of Philippians here today, where the Apostle Paul is writing to his friends in the town of Philippi. And it's interesting to note that we would think, oh, Paul, he's some guy that lived in the Bible a couple thousand years ago, but he knows exactly what it is to have anxiety, just like us in our time of quarantine, coronavirus, and lockdown. Because check this out, as he's writing the book of Philippians to his friends, the Apostle Paul is actually under house arrest. That means he's living in Rome, but he is confined, quarantined to his house for two years. Some of us have been tripping out on like six weeks, eight weeks, but here's Paul writing, hey, let me tell you a little bit about anxiety. I'm stuck in this house for two years. But in the midst of it, he's writing some amazing stuff where he should be experiencing anxiety. Instead, he says some pretty profound statements. Listen to what he writes in Philippians 4, Verses four through six. He starts off, remember his setting, he's stuck indoors two years. He starts off by saying this, rejoice in the Lord always. How heavy is that? Then he says, I'll say it again, rejoice. How can you be rejoicing, Paul? You're stuck inside for two years. But he says it and he says it again. He says, let your gentleness be evident to all because the Lord is near. I could camp all day on that, actually. Just the Lord is near. That's such a good word. But then he goes on, and this is where the anxiety talk comes in. He says, do not be anxious about anything. He knew what he was talking about. He'd been through the ringer. He had had his, his integrity, his reputation called into question. He had been persecuted. He's standing up for the gospel, traveling all around. He had enemies, critics. People are out to get him. And he says, doesn't matter. Whatever happens to me, you don't have to let anxiety rule your life. He says, do not be anxious about anything. The word anxious here, what it's really trying to say, what it means in this setting is it means to be troubled with cares. Being anxious and having anxiety means to be troubled with cares. Now, the Bible is saying you can have cares, things that you, you care about in life, but when you become troubled with those cares, that's when it turns to anxiety. And so Paul is telling us the opposite. When you're dealing with stuff that makes you anxious, he uses this word rejoice. And then he goes, it's so important, I got to say it again, rejoice. And the real word for rejoice as it's written here in the original language in the Greek is this Greek word, and I want to pronounce it correctly. So listen to me. My Greek translation is pretty amazing. Listen to this. The word for rejoice in the original Greek is chairos. Chairos. And if you don't get the scratchy gullah gullahs coming out, then you said it wrong. Chairos. Here's what Paul is saying. He's saying chairos in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Let me say it again. Rejoice in the Lord. And here's what chairos really means. It means be glad. Which what Paul is trying to make a point for is he's saying 
You're probably not glad, but I'm telling you to choose to be glad, to be happy, to choose joy in your life. And I just want to remind you and encourage you here today, you have a choice every single day to choose anxiety or to choose joy. And the Apostle Paul is trying to encourage us, and he's saying, not only do you have the choice to choose joy, but he actually gives us a couple tools, a couple weapons on how we can actually choose joy over anxiety. So hang in there with me. I want to talk a little bit about anxiety and what it means to be anxious because it's not good for anybody. It's not good in your life. It's not good to worry. Worry doesn't solve anything. Here's what anxiety does. It just exaggerates the problem. It just makes the problem worse. Anxiety and worry actually leads you to be making dumb decisions that you would never make because you're just so worked up and so, so worried. Anxiety is unhealthy, not just physically, but spiritually, emotionally. It's no good for your mind, your body, your spirit. Anxiety doesn't repair the past. It doesn't control the future. All anxiety does is it messes up your today. So don't let anxiety mess up your day. In fact, where you're at right now, wherever you're watching me, if there's anybody around you, just encourage them in this. Don't let your day-to-day get messed up by anxiety. Just tell somebody right now. I'll wait. Good. Tell them. Don't let today be messed up by anxiety. Seriously, we need to hear that, though. I know all joking aside is like, don't let it mess up your day. Anxiety does nothing but ruin your day. So let me give you three things that we see here in the book of Philippians and Paul's words to us about anxiety. And I just want three simple things for you to remember is, first one is this, super important. Anxiety is a common battle, okay? I know that sometimes we feel like no one understands. You don't live in my household. You don't walk in my shoes. You don't know my kids. You don't know my spouse. And the reality is it's a common battle. Like we all face anxiety in some way. Peter writes this in his book, his first letter, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 through 9. He writes this, give all your worries and cares to God, your anxieties, right? He says, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Stay alert, which the title of this sermon is, keep your guard up. Stay alert and watch out for the great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So stand firm against him. And be strong in your faith. Remember, and here's where the important part comes in. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. Anxiety is a common battle. We all deal with it. Listen, you are not alone. Whatever you're facing today and you're saying, Pastor Carl, you don't know what I'm going through. I'm telling you this right now. You're not alone that people everywhere are dealing with the same kind of battles. And when you know that, and you know that you're not alone, and other people are hurting and battling too, it does something for you. It just kind of makes it, well, we're all in this together. Let me tell you this. The the COVID-19, the coronavirus, we are all facing anxiety together. But listen to this. We're all going to walk right through it and get out on the other side together. We're walking into it together, but we're walking out of this thing together too. You need to know you're not alone. Anxiety hits everybody. I read a news article this week online that talked about the three biggest anxiety and worries that we have in life right now. This wasn't a Christian article, it was just news saying they polled a whole bunch of people, thousands of people, and these are the three main things that we, mankind, are all worried about right now. Here's the first thing you might be agreeing with this is family. We worry about our families. It says this in the, in the survey, 60% of the people they surveyed worry that their family is going to get sick. 
And so we're worried that loved ones, that they might get coronavirus. We're, we're doing the mask. We're washing our hands. We're doing the, the six-foot law when we're pushing our shopping carts in the grocery store. You guys see that? Like there's, there's one-way aisles now in the grocery stores, and there's like lines on the floor. You got to be six feet apart. It's like getting pretty weird. Like I was in the, the frozen food section of Safeway the other day. And it was only me and my daughter and it's a super wide aisle and it's all good. And we're just like shopping and we're looking for strawberries or whatever we're looking for. And I see this lady come around the corner with her cart and she sees us and she looks and she's like, and she just goes down another row. And I'm just thinking, what? Like she was like, literally, I was offended. Like she was bummed, like six foot law. I see a man and I'm, I'm, I'm a harmless man. I'm a nice guy, right? I don't look scary or bad or diseased. And yet she's like, Mm-mm. and my little daughter. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to kind of low-key chase her down. I hope that's okay. I hope that's might not be too Christian, but I'm like, I just want to see how far she's going to take this thing. So I like sneak up behind her and, and she turns around and I'm like within six feet range of her and I pretend I'm looking at spam. Mm, just looking at some spam here. And she freaks out and she pushes her car. And then I followed her for like three aisles doing the same thing. I just wanted to see how far I could take it. But I don't even know why I said that. The bottom line is, People are freaked out about their health and their safety. Number one thing that we're worried about, anxiety. Man, we're worried about our families. Secondly, it says in that article that 50% of people worry about finances. 50% of people are worried that their retirement or their savings fund is going to take a hit. People are bummed. There's layoffs. There's furloughs. Businesses are closing. Stock market is crashing. I'm trying to sell a townhouse, my old house, and I'm like, I don't know what the real estate market's going to do. I'm going to keep paying a mortgage, and I'm not even living there, and, and am I going to ever sell this thing? Like, people are worried about family. They're worried about finances. The third thing people are really worried about right now in this coronavirus is they're worried about themselves. And that's not a selfish thing, but it says that 40% of the people surveyed worry that they won't be able to get testing or treatment if they were to come down with coronavirus. And that scares people. And they have anxiety over that. It says that 30% of the people surveyed are, are worried that they actually have had their mental health affected because of this COVID-19. Is that people are worried about themselves and their safety and like, like the stress levels that we were too close to living in close quarters with our kids and our spouse. We're not used to that. Or the opposite is we're not connected enough. We miss all of our friends. But these are three big things that all of us, and I just want to say this again to you. You're not alone if you're suffering from anxiety. We're all in this thing together. We've all got stuff going on. I, I talked to three different friends of mine in the past two weeks, and all of them were anxiety stressing over their relationship with their teenage kids. They all had something to share. And like, dude, I just need to share it with you. Can you just pray for me? And I said, yeah. And then I realized, man, this is kind of the same thing that's going around. We're all in this thing together. And the sooner you learn to reach out and realize that other people are going through stuff with you, the sooner you start to say like, wait, it's okay. If you can do it, I can do it. We're in this thing together. We need each other. So the first thing that Paul or Peter writes here is that anxiety is a common battle. Secondly, as you need to understand this, is that it's an inner battle. I want you to understand that because oftentimes we think something bad happened in our lives, therefore we, it's okay to have anxiety. It's not the thing that happened on the external that's the problem. Sometimes it's this. It's our thoughts about the problem actually become worse than the problem itself. Does that make sense? It's an inner battle and the enemy attacks us from within our minds, our thoughts, and our feelings. It says in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, again, Paul writing back in Philippians, he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. 
And then it says this, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Listen, the enemy knows the enemy knows if he can get to our hearts and our minds and our thoughts and our innermost being, how we process things, then he's already got us with anxiety. The enemy attacks us from within. He targets our thinking. See, our thoughts lead to actions and our actions can change the world. Our actions can be us sharing the love of Jesus, living like Christians, giving us hope, but the enemy knows if I can get to them on the inside, their thought life, then it's going to ruin their actions and they're not going to be able to, to represent Jesus in this world. So the enemy is going to attack our thoughts. Our thoughts about what is happening um, are often worse than what's actually happening. Our thoughts about what's happening is often worse than what's actually happening in our lives. He not only targets our thoughts, but he targets our feelings. He tries to get us from the inside. He hits our feelings. And, and can I just give you a word today? Don't be led astray by your feelings. Like your feelings are not always the truth. Feelings is not the same as truth. Be led by truth, be led by clarity, be led by God's wisdom, but don't be led by your feelings. But the enemy is going to stir up feelings. Listen, this is what I think is so great when I read stories and articles about the heroes that we would say in life, people that save people's lives, they come to the rescue at the last minute. And oftentimes it's like the first responders. Now we got to love those guys on the front lines, even right now, the doctors and nurses, the people in the medical professional field, but even like the paramedics, even the police officers, the firemen, uh, the first responders, those kind of guys, you read all these stories and oftentimes they did something heroic and they saved the day. But what you read was, that you ask them the question, how did you do that? How did you, th you think so quick? How were you able to process that? And they actually say, actually, I don't even have time to think in that moment. I don't even have time to feel. Because if I had time to think, I would probably overthink it and do it wrong. And if I had time to feel, I would probably be overwhelmed with my emotions for the need and the trauma that's happening in front of me, and it would throw me off. And so what they say is, I didn't have time to think. I didn't have time to feel. I relied on wisdom and training and experience that I knew, and they stepped in and they saved the day or they, they solve the problem in whatever situation. I think that's so important is because if the enemy knows he can get to our thoughts and our feelings, then he can really screw up our lives and cause anxiety. So we need to learn that not only is it the enemy that attacks us from within, but listen to what we just read right there, is God's peace actually strengthens us from within. If we would choose peace over the devil's anxiety, then we're going to have a good day, a good life, and we're going to live in the peace that God has promised us. And so just as the enemy targets those thoughts and feelings, look at what God's word says about him speaking to anxiety from the inside out. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God says, hey, let me get into your mind. Don't let the enemy in. Let me change your mind and fix it and transform it into something beautiful. Think my type of thoughts. Then in Proverbs 4.23, it says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. God knows the importance of us finding peace that can guard our thoughts, our minds, and our hearts that the attacks come from within. Anxiety starts from within, but God's peace wants to come in and change your life and protect you from that. God's peace starts on the inside. Just the fact that you think you go to church or you read your Bible or maybe you even pray doesn't guarantee that you're going to have peace unless you let it get into the inside of you. You guys understand what I'm saying there? The enemy's going to attack within, but God's saying, but I also can bring my peace starting from within. So just because you go to church and you read the Bible, like unless you get the Bible and you get what church is trying to speak to you inside of you, it's not going to change you. Let me say it like this. The other day I had a, I had a headache. 
And I was in my house and I said, man, I hate this headache. It hurts. Headaches are the worst. So I went to my cabinet. I got out the ibuprofen, took two ibuprofens, put them on the counter, was going to get a drink of water with it. And something interrupted me. I don't know if it was my kids or something, but I went off and I was, uh, I was doing chores or my kids or something like that. And I was going, how come I still have a headache? Like I thought the ibuprofen is supposed to work on my headache by now. What's going on? And I realized, I walked back in the kitchen. I didn't even take the ibuprofen. They're sitting on the counter. And here's the reality that I'm trying to say is those ibuprofens are fully capable of alleviating my pain and my headache and taking it away. The problem was I didn't get them inside of me. And I believe it's as, as important as that, is that the enemy is going to attack you from within and God's peace is going to come and thwart the attacks of the enemies from within. But if you're just reading your Bible, going to church, even praying, and you're not letting it get fully into you, it's like those ibuprofens. They're there. They're just not working. So I encourage you that it's an inner battle. That means you fight from the inside out with God's peace. So here's the third thing is we talked about battle here today is that anxiety is a common battle. It's an inner battle. But here's the, the hope that I have for you today is that you can actually win the battle. You can actually defeat anxiety in your life. And it'll take work and it's a daily battle, but you can win the battle. How do I know that? Well, the Apostle Paul told us this in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Um, we read the same passage just earlier, but look at what he says. I want to focus on a different part. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, here's how you overcome anxiety. By prayer and peti petition, which is petition is just means asking God through prayer. It's kind of the same thing. By prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, you present your requests to God. And here's, here's what I see in this right here is what are the tools, what are the weapons, the defensive and offensive items that God has given us to combat anxiety? And it's two things that I see right here. It's prayer and praise. Prayer and praise are a shield and a weapon. They're both defensive and offensive because we can literally not just hold up the shield with those things, but we can actually fight back with prayer. We can fight back against the enemy with praise and we can knock him down and we can live to fight another day with anxiety out of our life and out of our situation. So I want to talk about those two things right now because this is really what we're talking about with anxiety, the how-to. What am I supposed to do about it? And number one is this, would you pray like you mean it? Learn to pray like you actually mean it. Don't give the little passing prayers in the morning like, God, can you just bless my day today? How many, you think, how many times do you think God has heard that billions and trillions of times a day? People with the just lighthearted passing prayer, God, give me a good day. And that's all we pray. And what God is saying is you want to get rid of anxiety? Is it a big issue to you? Does it really hurt you? Yeah, then pray like you mean it. Like pray first and pray often. Don't let it be your last resort. Let prayer be your first response. Pray like you mean it. You know what prayer is? Here's how I define, one of the ways I define prayer. Prayer is healthy venting. You ever get so frustrated and mad or worried or scared or complaining, you just got to vent it out? Verbal diarrhea, rah, 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 right? You just like, you got to get it out of you. And the problem is, Sometimes we pick the wrong people to vent to. Sometimes we pick people and we just, we throw all our anxiety on someone and it's the wrong person. And you know what they do? They feed it even more. Or they take it and they gossip about everything you said to other people. Or they just flat out don't know what to do. Well, that, that sucks for you. Have a good day, right? They don't know what to do with it. But let me tell you this. You know what prayer is? Prayer is healthy venting because you're venting to the right person. You're venting to the best listener in the world. God, your father, and he can take it. He can take anything you can vent at him. You ever read the Psalms? One of my favorite books in the Bible because it's David who wrote 75 of the 150 Psalms. And David, many times, you know what he's doing? He's venting to God. There's 
there's places in the Psalms where you read and you're like, he's got to be yelling right now. There's no way he's just whispering this to God because it says stuff like this, like, God, where are you? Why have you turned your back on me? When will you come to my rescue? When will you show your face to me? These are people that I once loved and my companions. And I used to walk to the house of the Lord with them together. And now they're my greatest enemies. And where are you? When are you going to show up? Like you got to realize, you know what David is doing? He's venting, but he's venting to the greatest listener in the world. The one that can take it. The one that can actually do something about it. And you know that God loved David. It says in the word that he was a man after God's own heart. And I want you to know that that's prayer. If you're experiencing anxiety right now, you know who you can vent to? God. He's the best listener in the world. He's the best person you could possibly vent to. Get used to that. It's okay. God likes it. He can take it. But here's something else about prayer. Is it prayer actually allows us to give the battle to God. It's us taking, God, my mind, I'm battling all these things. My feeling, I have anxiety. I'm battling all of this stuff. I don't know what to do with it. I can't handle it. And God goes, well, if you pray, you know what you're doing? You're handing the battle back to me. You're giving the battle right back to me. I understand this in my life right now. I'm one person. I'm Carl Moore. I'm only capable of so much. And the anxiety that I'm battling is big. But here's what I know. I cannot battle, anx- I cannot battle the coronavirus all by myself. Like I am super ineffective. I cannot battle a worldwide pandemic. I have anxiety over it. What am I going to do? Bottom line is, I can't do anything about the coronavirus. I can't do anything about the failing economy. I can't do anything about the stress levels that are out of my control. I can't do anything about the stress of having my kids in the house with me. I might be able to do something about that. Like I'm tempted to tell my kids, just go wait outside. Just I can't handle you in my house anymore. Just go stand outside. For how long, Dad? Next Tuesday, just come back in next day. I want to do that. Any of you guys can relate to that? Look at your kids right now and say, sorry, I love you, but I do think that sometimes. But that's the reality is we can't do that. I can't fight every battle. I can't do that. But here's what prayer does. It gives the battle back to God. Look at this verse in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 15. This is a time in Israel's history. It's actually the nation of Judah. And they've all gathered together and there's the city of Jerusalem, and they're up against all of the enemies of God and of God's people, and these armies are overwhelming them. They're about to attack, and so God's people are praying. They call out to God. They're praying, God, we can't do this. There are too many of them. We, we, we can't fight this battle on our own, and somebody amongst the people stands up, and he prophesies. God gives them a word to say, and this is what he says in Second Chronicles 20:15. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Isn't that a good word right there? Whatever battle you're facing, whatever looks like a, a crazy insurmountable army that's stacked up against you, is God saying, hey, you, you don't have to fight this one, Carl. Hey, take it easy. This isn't your battle. I got this. And when you pray and you bring those problems and those battles to me, you know what you're doing? You're handing them off to someone who's bigger, someone who's stronger, someone that loves you more infinitely than you could ever imagine, someone who's more than capable of fighting those battles for you. So prayer is our way of giving the battle back to the Lord. So I told you there's two weapons. The first one is prayer. The second one, very important, is praise. Praise is important. It says right there that we should pray with thanksgiving. Another word for thanksgiving used in the Bible is the word praise. Is that we would be a people that would pray, not just pray like we mean it, but praise like you mean it. That we would live lives of thankfulness and praise. That there's an interesting thing that that has come to our attention is that our very own city 
government has asked us to help out, help out by giving masks to the homeless people in our community. There's several hundred homeless people in the city of Kaneohe and, and the Windward side. There's several hundred of them. And they're saying, Anchor Church, would you guys mind helping us out? And so we're, here's an opportunity for us to live thankfully, because here's what I believe, that thankful people are giving people. Thankful people are sharing people. Thankful people, when they appreciate what they have, they can't help but want to bless somebody else. And you know what the, the city is asking? Can you guys help us get, get masks to homeless people. So here's what we're going to do. And I'm actually asking for your, for your help if you're watching right now. We're going to try to make handmade from cloth. They wanted us to pass out the disposable masks. I don't think that's cool for homeless people. They're going to get rid of them. It's going to go to waste really quick. I want to give them something better. So what we're going to kind of tackle as a church, and I'm asking for your help, is if you could maybe volunteer, we're going to try to sew cloth masks to meet the needs of all the homeless people. We want to give them two masks each. And we're hoping, we're setting a kind of a big goal for a thousand masks. And I think it's within a couple weeks time. And I know a lot of you can sew and you have material and you can contact us by way of the app or our, our website. But we would love to ask that you could donate some time and some energy. And we're all in this thing together. Could we make a thousand masks that we could gather together in a couple weeks? And then we personally, Anchor Church, we're going to walk out into the bushes and into wherever the homeless people are at our friends, our family, our neighbors, because they're people and they need, they need masks too. And we're going to just go and bless our community. But the reason I say that is because we need to praise God and we live, need to live thankful lives like we mean it. And thankful people, they're giving people. Thankful people are sharing people. So I think we need to praise God. You know what my favorite way of praising God is? And I think that the Bible can back me up on this, New Testament and Old. One of the greatest ways that we can Praise God is by singing out loud to God. It's by actually making our voices known to God, like praising him verbally. There's a big difference, and you know this. If you're feeling something inside and you just keep it inside, then that's great. You kind of feel it, and it's in there. But something changes when you speak it out or you sing it out or you shout it out because suddenly you know what happens is you're accountable for those words right now. You're committed enough that you put it out there for other people to say. I think singing our praises to God. Man, we just worshiped in, in, right before this message here, and we're about to go into worship now. I pray that I could convince you to worship a little bit harder in the next set of worship. I pray that I can convince you to, to sing praises out to God. Yeah, we're not in church. Yeah, we're not singing with a whole bunch of people in a crowded room. And you might just be in your living room. Well, I, I encourage you and I challenge you to do this. Crank the volume up super loud in your living room, your office, or wherever you're at or in your AirPods, and drown your own voice out if it makes you feel intimidated, but sing out with all you got. Praise God like you mean it. And you know what happens when you praise God like you mean it? Is your problems that were so big and you have anxiety and you're worrying about, you begin to start looking at God down here. Oh, he's small, my problems are big. When you praise like you mean it, you know what happens? It shifts. Your praises to God grow bigger than your problems. And there's no way that you can have anxiety and worry at the same time as you're focusing your heart on praising God. So I'm gonna challenge you and encourage you, praise out loud. I have worship music going on around my house all the time. I'm doing my chores, I'm doing whatever in the house and I'm singing along. And I don't have the best voice in the world or whatever, but I'm singing, I'm singing praise. Because why? Because it does something for me. No one around has to hear it. I hope they don't hear it. I hope my neighbors don't hear it. The chickens outside, they hear it. They yell back, but I praise louder. My praise is going to be louder than those chickens. But it does something for me to praise God like I actually mean it. I praise him. I sing praises to him in the car. 
I sing to him in the shower. I kill it in the shower. My voice is so good, like Pastor Trevor. My voice is so good in the shower. It always sounds like it anyway. I bring my phone in there. I put on the worship music, and I'm just like, I'm going. But you know why? Because it helps me to battle anxiety when I got my eyes off my problem and my eyes are on my Savior, my Lord, my hero, the one that saved my soul, the one that loves me, the one that says, Carl, shut up with the anxiety and the worries. I got this. Just focus on me. Just sing to me. So praise is so important. Let me read to you this next verse because beyond just praising God, here's something I think that's really important is that we would praise others, is that we would have expressed thankfulness for the other people in our life. That helps shift something in us that would boost our love for other people and focus on God and others, and it would kill the anxiety. Here's what 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says. It says, encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. We need to learn to give praise to God, but we also need to learn to give praise to others, to be thankful for others. In fact, you ready for this? I'm going to challenge you something right now, wherever you're at, listening and watching me. If there's people around you, I'm going to challenge you this. Praise someone right now and be thankful for someone right now. Like verbally, actually look around. It might be your spouse, it might be your kids, it might be your dog, your fish, whatever. But praise somebody right now because it's gonna build a, a big habit in you. I mean, even if they're in the other room, honey, yeah, thank you, for what? I praise you, you're awesome, love you. Like it may seem dumb, but you know what it's doing? It's building someone up, it's edifying someone else, it's affirming someone else, and guess what that's gonna do for your spirit? It's going to encourage you. It's going to bless you. My staff and I have been doing this. We meet together once a week with all the staff. There's 20-something of us, and we're all on Zoom meeting, and all of our faces, and one of the things we've been doing for the past few weeks, and we're going to do it till we finish every staff member, is we pick a few random staff members, and then all the rest of us just start encouraging and thanking that person for who they are, and complimenting them, and lifting them up, and exhorting them, and affirming who they are, and why we love them so much, and why they're so valuable to the kingdom, and to this world around them. And I got to tell you this, it's the greatest part of my day. Is there, There's literally tears, there's laughter, there's joy, there's, you can see people's spirits just rising. It's so good. Like, I, I, Today we picked um, Pastor Trevor that leads worship here, creatives and worship pastor around here. And I got to go first. And me and Trev, we have history together. I've known him back from the days he was a, a young kid in my youth group and I was his youth pastor. And we've done a lot of ministry trips together. We've done a lot of real life together. I was there for him when he was first telling me about this girl he kind of liked, this girl, Sarah, and he doesn't know what he should do. And he's thinking about moving to Hillsong and going to Hillsong Worship College and what's going on with his life. And I was on the trip in Australia to help him check out the, the, the worship college over there, the Bible college, and him just telling me, I'm in love with this girl and all this. And look at him today. He's married. He's got two beautiful kids. And, and he's, he's stepped up and he's done all this great stuff in ministry. But as I was affirming him, and I was losing it a little bit. I was choking up a little bit. I was like, oh, Trevor, I love you, man. Like I was like kind of freaking out a little bit. But here's what it did for me. It made me feel so good inside. I wasn't even the one getting the praise. I was the one giving the praise. And I think that as I did that, there was not a thought in my head about the anxiety that I'm facing because all I could think about was loving my brother, was like building into his life. And so I think it's so valuable to pray, but also to praise like you mean it. Praise God and praise other people. Listen, we all battle anxiety. It's a common battle. We learned today that it starts in our thoughts and our mind. It starts inside in our hearts and our minds. And it starts from inside, but God wants to bring peace inside. And we learned that there's two valuable things that we need to practice, prayer 
and praise, and we can actually defeat anxiety. We know that anxiety fights dirty, so we're going to keep our guard up. Amen. Is that a good word? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word today. We thank you for the Apostle Paul and just the encouraging words that he writes to us. The guy was facing anxiety of his own, and yet he decided to take a stance to choose to rejoice. He said it twice. Again, I will say rejoice. He chose to choose anxiety, um, to choose joy over anxiety. And Lord, that's what we want to do. And Lord, we want to be able to, to get rid of anxiety and to be able to fight it. And you've actually given us some tools and weapons on how we can do that today. So Lord, we choose to do that. I pray for everybody within the sound of my voice right now that is experiencing worry, troubles, or anxiety, whatever it might be. Lord, it might be stress with relationships or people. It might be finances. It might be family. It might be health issues, safety issues. It might be that, that you, you've lost your job. It might be that you're just internalizing things and you feel so alone because you can't connect with your friends anymore. I don't know what type of anxiety you're facing, but in Jesus' name, I pray right now that, Father God, your Holy Spirit would get to work in people's lives, that you would strengthen them from the inside out, that your peace that transcends all understanding would guard their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus starting right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, that they would choose to pray like they mean it. They would choose to praise like they mean it. And Lord, that they would begin to see the focus go off of their problems and onto you. Lord, I pray for that healing right now in Jesus' name for whoever needs it out there. And in amen, I pray for that. But I want to speak to some people right now that maybe you're watching and you're listening and you don't know if you have a relationship with God. Maybe you're sitting here right now and you're like, man, this is, this is good. I've heard a lot of preaching and pastors and services and sermons before. But man, something is clicking in me right now. I've been battling anxiety and for some reason it's not going away. And I want what you're talking about there, pastor. I want to have the ability to go to God, to give it to him. And I want to actually see miracles and healings take place in my life. And if that's you, I'm going to tell you this. It all starts with having a relationship with Jesus Christ. With you actually going to him and just saying from your heart, okay, God, I kind of know a little bit about you. I read some of your Bible. I've maybe been to church before, but it's time I go all in because I need all that you have to offer me. And if you would like to say a prayer that would allow God to actually begin to move in your life and have power in your life, you need to give him permission in that prayer for him to move in your life. So I'm going to lead you in that prayer. And this is clearly, I'm just saying it, this is the prayer that says, I want to become a Christian. I want to follow Jesus. I want him in my life because I need him. And if you want to pray this with me, I'm going to lead you in this prayer right now, wherever you're at. You don't have to pray it out loud. You can pray it in your heart and your mind sitting there right now, but I'm going to lead you in that prayer. If you'd like to pray it with me, just kind of repeat it after me in your heart to God. This is me praying with you and for you. And I'm talking to you. I'm going to keep looking at you. This is your prayer. Let's pray this together. God, I'm here today. And whatever it is that I heard today, it resonated in my heart. And Lord, I'm telling you that I feel like I need you in my life. I want you. I have anxiety and I have worries and I don't know how to get rid of them on my own. Lord, I can't fight these battles that I'm battling every single, I can't do it alone. I need you, God. And you promise in your word that, that the battle belongs to you and not me if I would choose to do things your way. So Lord, right now I'm choosing you. I believe that your son Jesus came to this earth, died on a cross, not because he did anything wrong, but he paid the price for my sin, my shame, my baggage, my bondage, my issues, my heartaches, my hurts, my mistakes, all of that stuff, that he died for that so that I don't have to, that he hooked, took the hit so I don't have to. And not only did he die, he didn't stay dead. He actually rose from the grave, proving he was the son of God that has power over all of that stuff in our lives. And so God, I'm telling you right now, I believe that Jesus did that for me. 
and I receive the free gift of salvation in my life right now. I choose to follow you all of my days. Thank you for loving me and accepting me as your child this moment. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Congratulations, you just made the best decision of your life. God bless you.